0: And welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology Um, I am your host, Neil Cordray And I am joined this week by no one in particular Because I promised, um, after my first, uh, top ten Showa-era Godzilla enemies, uh, list To redo the list after, uh, after re-watching all the movies And so, here I am to do just that thing. Um, It also corresponds nicely with the fact that we couldn't get together for an episode. So, without further ado, I know last time I spliced in the cries of each person. I'm not going to do that this time. While that was a fun little gimmick, um, I don't feel like doing that work again. There's enough of an outcry for it on the internet, I can re- I can recut the episode. But uh not gonna do that for now. Things are in a fairly bit of a different order at this point. Um because I rewatched stuff and I was like, oh yeah. About a number of things. So, let us start with probably the biggest shift. Um at number ten, up from um, up from number two, King Kong. Um, yes, King Kong won his fight with uh, with Godzilla after getting lightning powers. However, there's just a few things about that that just about the design that makes me just. I have to. I have to dock him. And it's mostly. Oh my goodness! That costume. That suit is so, so bad. And the fights are actually. And the fight itself is actually pretty darn boring. And if it weren't for King Kong pulling an eleventh-hour superpower out of his ass, he wouldn't have won. He still deserves props for, you know, being the first monster to beat Godzilla. I think, honestly, one of the only monsters to have permanently beaten Godzilla by the end of the movie. Or at least, well, to have defeated Godzilla by the end of the movie. To be the crowned victor of that movie. Because other, other, in, in future installments... Godzilla loses in the first act so that he can come back and become and be triumphant in the third act in the fourth act, so. You know. But King Kong ex- um it emerges the victor at the end of the film, so he still deserves props there, but. Oh, that costume is so bad. So he uh he he gets uh, he gets demoted because <laughs> other enemies are just plain better. Let let's face it. At number nine, I've got Megalon. Megalon is like he's a really he's a f- he he's a monster with a lot of fun designs. Um, he's got you know that that. He vomits up bombs. He shoots. Uh, he shoots beams from the little star antenna on the top of his head. And you know he uh, he can fly. He's 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 a triple threat enemy. His movie just kind of sucks, uh, mostly because it wasn't originally a Godzilla movie. It was supposed to launch Jet Jaguar, and um, that yeah that that didn't work too well because well. Jaguar is not all that impressive, (laughs) but, uh, you know, like, from an enemy design standpoint, he's really good, and he's got a, and he's got an engaging suit, and it's, he's fun, so he definitely got, uh, he, he deserved some love. Number eight, I have Hetera, the the, sw- the the poison gas monster, the swamp monster, the sludge monster. That's it, the sludge monster. I've rewatched these all of these movies recently. Hetera's fun one because yes, it's on a Frank Zappa album, and two, it's it's like it's the first like big multi-form enemy like. You get the slug, you get the, the, the slug tadpole form, you get the ambulatory pile of sludge form, and you get the UFO form. And also, like, Hetera really just murders so many, like, like, he's one of Godzilla's more deadly enemies. Like, at least in terms of explicit deaths. A lot more people explicitly die in this movie than in most other movies that, like, even, even the original Gojira, um, there are a lot of implied deaths, but very few, like, on-screen deaths. Other than, you know, he's destroying buildings and, and cars and shit. Whereas this one, like, Hedera literally skeletonizes a large group of individuals. So, he, uh, he, he, he has, the, he has I, I would say, probably has the highest on-screen body count of any of Godzilla's uh, foes, which is, you know, that's impressive. This will be a faster episode, too, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> Number six... I've got Gaigan All Gigan needs, and he was actually given in future installments, is like an eye beam out of that big red eye. And he'd be like super awesome. Because he's got that buzzsaw. He gets more blood out of Godzilla than a lot. Lo- he'd like, man, Godzilla has Japanese high pressure blood syndrome. If you're not familiar, you know, there's the, the, the joke slash theory that Japanese people just have... Way too much blood. They've got like gallons of blood that's under extremely high pressure, which is why it always fountains out of them at at, a, at any given uh, at any given point. It's a silly joke, but it's uh, it's kind of funny. Um, and you know, Godzilla is you know the protector of Japan at this point. Also, Godzilla talks in this episode. This episode. This movie, which is interesting um, Godzilla talks with subtitles at number six we have the sky demon Rodan Rodan typically teams up with uh, with Godzilla which you know is I, I feel like I feel like the allies deserve special mention, even though um, even though they they all start as enemies. Just because that means that they are that, that they were popular enough to get um, to, to have people want to see them back. You know that their suits were cheap enough that they could be re- replaced. Although uh, Rodan's primarily a puppet. Sometimes there's a guy in a suit, but a lot of the time, it's sometimes it's a it's a marionette, it's a puppet on strings. Um, but yeah, I like he he provides much needed air support uh, when Mothra isn't a, isn't a moth, which is more often than honestly I would like because Mothra is, Mothra is freaking awesome. She she deserves a, a lot more respect. Even though I'm downgrading her on my list. Uh, number five. I've got Godzilla's best friend, Anguirus, whom he kills in their first encounter. (laughs) Uh, The continuity's a little strange. I mean, obviously, it must just be another Anguirus. But, like... Anguirus fulfills a very important job. Um... That's a pun. Um in the Godzilla universe in that when you look at all of these movies like professional wrestling matches which they kind of are with human subplots and Garrus is the jobber who gets who gets uh, killed by the by the, by whatever the heel is most often he, his job is to warm up the crowd uh, so that <laughs> when Godzilla shows up, um, our enemy, he, he, he's, he falls victim to the wharf effect. And if you're not familiar, the Worf effect is the idea that you've got this really big, scary, imposing person, like Lieutenant Commander Worf, uh, in, uh, in, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. You know, he's a Klingon, he's a warrior, and he, he's, you know, he's this big, bad guy. And everybody beats him. <laughs> the whole the whole point is that he is big and imposing, and loses every fight. And yes, he is a lieutenant commander. I was correct. Worf, son of Mog. At least he starts out as a lieutenant commander. At other at other points, he. Um, has I mean he he ranks up from time to time. Lieutenant Commander Lieutenant, uh, yeah yeah now Lieutenant Commander is when he was in Deep Space Nine in the movies, but hey you know he's uh he's Worf, he's awesome. But well, yeah, his his job, Worf's job, is to get beaten by the enemy of the week to imp- to show how how dangerous the enemy of the week is. It's important, and that's pretty much Anguirus's job too. At number four, I've got the Queen of the Monsters, Mothra. Um, I had to downgrade Mothra as much as I love her. The fact that she primarily is an ally and a benevolent force um, really forces the downgrade on the list. And I'm trying to be more objective here, as opposed to just these are my favorites, as these are, you know, the people who deserve the most respect. And Mothra, because she's only really been an enemy once... And kicks Godzilla's ass in the process. Let's not forget, um, both in her big imago form as well as her two uh, larvae. Um, she's the queen of the monsters, and she deserves that uh, that distinction. But uh, she can't be. I believe she was number three on my list last time. Number three, number four. She's pretty. She's still high up there. But she isn't as high as our next, um, as our as our next two because next three because well, she is primarily not an enemy, and I had to take that into consideration. At number three, I've got King Ghidorah because well, he's another king. He's Godzilla's most iconic enemy, as evidenced by the fact that he was what you what uh, Godzilla had to go up against in uh, King of the Monsters in the most recent uh, outing. Because most people are going to be like, "Oh, hey, it's King Ghidorah," as opposed to, "Oh, hey, it's my number two, which surprise of which surprising no one is Mechagodzilla. Um, Mechagodzilla always needs to needs needs to show up. After Ghidorah, I like actually what they did in later eras, where uh, the JSDF actually builds Mechagodzilla to fight Godzilla, but there are problems that, that arise from it. One of these years, we'll do we'll do the other movies, but uh, not for a while. I feel like we should maybe try and do try and do the Heisei movies in five years, if we're still going at that point. So look forward to that in five years. <laughs> Number two is Mecha Godzilla. I really love, like, as as evidenced by sort of the fan rant I went on um, when we talked about the movies. Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla is my favorite movie of uh, of the uh, Showa era, and Mecha Godzilla and Ghidorah both really show up as. Um, like, they're equivalent threats. So, when it comes down to that, even though I'm trying to be more objective, at this point, they both kind of deserve to be in the, in the, in the top slots. So then it just comes down to which one's my favorite, and Mecha-G is. I like, like, those wacky aliens building something to pretend to be Godzilla is something that I really like. And, number one is still the Japanese Self-Defense Force. Um, now originally, when I first did my, my top 10 list, the JSDF was kind of a joke inclusion even though they were at number one. Because, well, I mean, come on. Yeah, they, they always try, and they almost always fail, except they don't really. Like, they get progressively better throughout the movies. They outright beat Godzilla in, like, let's see, uh, the first two movies, um, they are, uh, they are intrinsic in Godzilla's defeat in the third, and then throughout the rest of the movies, um, like, uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, Godzilla vs. Hedera, a bunch of other things, they are, like... Their involvement is what allows Godzilla to win his fights. So and like they they develop a crap ton of effective anti-Godzilla and anti-kaiju measures. Um, I don't think that they actually get nearly enough credit. Uh, they 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 are some of the more effective um they're, they're like the more effective enemies and yes sure we've got to do a lot of stock footage of the monsters blowing up tanks and warships and other things but really that's not to the detriment of the JSDF it's, it's a testament instead to the absolute power of the kaiju, at least that's how I kind of choose to perceive it. Yeah, I know this was a shorter episode. I'm out of things to say, and I've only been talking for like 17 minutes. Um, this was really recorded kind of off the cuff because I didn't want the the next episode we that we that's going to be coming out here is has already been recorded, and it's going to be the last episode of the year. And I wanted to get this one out first. Um, So that'll actually be coming out next week. Um, I want, uh, it is currently at time of recording, the 15th of December. I want to wish you, from me personally, because I'm the only one here to wish it to you, uh, just the very best uh, winter holiday season. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this minor updated list. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on Geek Anthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm. and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating at our website or on Patreon at patreon.com slash theory. A final thought. We are pre-recording this outro for use in emergencies if Neil cannot record the outro. As such, we are being vague. We hope you... Uh, will I don't know, I can't even think of how to say this. That's how unscripted and unplanned this is, and hopefully you'll never hear it again. Bye.